Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. gotta say man i kind of dig y'all's intro man <laughs> yes man i love the way we get started on center and the same you like the uh, screaming and the cannon fire I'll be real, it wakes you up you know if you weren't ready to go and if you were kind of lagging a little bit yeah. uh, just hearing that scream in your ear through the cans man uh it sounds awesome man so it's like an audible cup of coffee absolutely injected sometimes you know I'm, not, I'm really i'm not a coffee drinker so if i just had Someone randomly scream in my ear, you know what I mean? Like in the morning? Absolutely. I think I think that'd get anybody up and, and going feel a little a little more motivated than usual. Hold on a second. You're not a coffee drinker because you're a very busy man. I'm not a coffee drinker. It, it makes me boo boo. I don't like coffee. It's uh, one of those things like it'll I'll it's weird. And like decaf, whatever, like I don't mind it. I uh once to date a girl, I drank coffee literally every single day just to be able to kind of talk to her it worked yeah but i don't know if but then the whole part of you uh constantly having to crap yeah having possibly my, was the catch 22 because she's like all he's doing is crapping yeah, yeah. To, to excuse myself from every conversation we had <laughs> so i could you know take a quick 10 minute break you know it, it wasn't the best thing but yeah either way i'm not the not the biggest coffee fan i don't know why it smells great it you know i understand why people drink it it's just well, I don't know. Not for me. I got to tell you something. I don't want to paint myself as one of those annoying guys who, uh, you know, I wake up and then, like, you can't talk to me until I've had my first cup of coffee. Yeah, I don't get those people like, oh, I can't. My day hasn't started until I had this cup of Joe. It's like, really? I significantly, like, lose functioning if I haven't had coffee yet. I won't be a total, a total B to people, but, like, I'm, like, I'm not really there yet. Really? Yeah. Does, and I, again, I want to say I'm not an a-hole. I just I'm well, not nice really guy. all there. Yeah, you're a nice guy. Well, I try. Well, I mean, are you a decaf drinker or you you just need all the caffeine? Oh no, man, caffeine all the time. I don't and actually, decaf. I enjoy the boo-boo part. I like that. It, it helps. I mean, it me. keeps you regular. Yeah, that's good if that's what you're looking for. Yes. I mean, yeah, I'm not looking to stay regular drinking coffee. I'll eat you know brand cereal or something like that. So, well, if you if you can hear this uh you know brooding baritone, this is not 
uh, my guy Luke Anderson. He is out for the weekend, doing something pretty fun, I assume. Yeah, he's going uh, camping with his family. I guess. Oh, okay. Well, know. He wants, does it every year. Who wants to do that, right? Well, he uh, he does this once a year in the summer, and then usually what I do is I do either a best of. Well, actually, I just I do a best of. Uh, he took way too many vacations this summer, so we've already done a best of, and uh, gotcha. um, then we just had to skip our show altogether because his family got the COVID. Yeah. And then, um, you know, again. I so I had to call in the ringer. That'd be me. That's you, sir. That'd yes. Be me. I had to call in the ringer because at a certain point we can only get such low ratings before I have to call in quality control and Bingo. be like, dude, save the effing show. Bingo. Please. And here we are. So if you didn't know, my name is Rashad Taylor. I am from Sports Sunday or Football Sunday, which I think Lynch and I have to talk about what the name is going to be. If there's no football, it might just have to stay Sports Sunday. Yeah, that's you know, kind of odd. There. Yeah. So we'll see about that, but that's going to be tomorrow. But for de- for today, I was super excited that my guy, Will Darkness, asked me to come in for Center in the Saint. I'm always geared up and willing to get up on a, on a Saturday. Okay. Yes, indeed. Cheers to you, my friend. Cheers to you. You're a weekend warrior. Oh, well, you know, this is this is what I like to And, you know, honestly, radio is fun. Like, you know, just being able to – a lot of people – a lot of people think they can do radio, and mm. I, I, I think a lot of people can do it, you know, once you kind of get used to it and everything like that. But, man, it's just talking to the homie for a little bit and going back and forth about sports. Like, how can that be a bad thing? And, you know, for a long time, we didn't have sports. You know, there was nothing to talk about. Now we actually got some, some crap to talk about. Man, I think we're in the mix. Dude, we have a lot to talk about. There's, but there's this, like, underlying fear in the back of my head that, like, once this run for the Blazers ends, whenever it does – that like we're gonna go back to not having anything to talk about because yeah. the Pac-12 is basically saying I'm punting till spring and the NFL, even though like they say full steam ahead, it's like you're like eh, maybe not. Yeah, no. Well, again, we're hoping for the best, but I'm right there with you, man. I think the Blazers are the front of everybody's mind, not just the back. They're in the front of everybody's mind right now because they're uh, they're on the brink of the playoffs. Mm. Uh, so far, the Blazers. Uh, during this eight-game bubble, came in saying they want to make the playoffs. They want to get that eighth seed. They've successfully gained that eighth seed. Now they have to keep it. And today, yeah. they will play the Memphis Grizzlies at one thirty on ABC. Eleven thirty. Eleven thirty. Excuse me. Yep. At ABC. Uh, so you want to make sure you you get to that, especially if you're a, a Blazer fan. But I wanted to just react real fast, if we could. Yeah. To Thursday night's game. Yeah. I'll I'll be honest. I'm a Blazer fan. Mm. Have been for a while. This team, I've seen them go through a whole, whole lot, you know, in, in my years. And that was one of the more frustrating games uh, I've I've watched. Like, we, for the second time, you see the Blazers be the better team for about two quarters, and then the third quarter comes, and they are the, they are the anti-Golden State in the third quarter. If Golden State's going to go off and have their best quarter of the game, this is typically where the Blazers have their worst quarter. And yeah. it happens all the time, and you saw it happen to what I consider – Yes, and a lot of people tell you, oh, the, the Nets are a playoff team. They're seven. The Nets are an Eastern Conference team that has 34 wins. Mind you, not without their two best players. Kyrie's played most of the season, but the, the Blazers are better than the Nets. Everybody on the Blazers starting five is, for the most part, better than everyone in, on the Nets starting five. Except for perhaps for, Levert. I was going to say, well, I mean, Levert Which played. Which none of us knew, I guess. Man, Levert, I mean, he, he's had some, some 
sometimes this year when he played really, really well. Yeah. I don't think anybody saw that coming no. the other night. Like, dude, there was nobody that could guard him. Gary Trent Jr. has become the Blazers' quote-unquote wing defender, wing stopper, mm. you know, and 3 and D guy kind of for the Blazers. And there was nothing he could do with Levert. Everything he wanted to do, every time he drove to the basket, it was the bucket. And I can remember sitting there throwing stuff on my TV saying, who is guarding this dude? Why is he killing? And if you're the Blazers, that's one of those bad signs we can point to as far as moving forward. We're not going to do that just yet. We got plenty of time in the show for that. Let but- me just say this. What word, and 503-250-1080 is the text line, what word were you screaming the most at the end of that game? Because mine, oh, uh, oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of it. Fun. Yes. There it is. That's the word. Having so much fun. Like up until like, so there's a point that I had to turn the channel. Like I, I couldn't watch what was happening. Like yeah. I was getting so worked up. Did you think you were giving them bad juju or something? Something like that. Like I was like, <laughs> man, you know what? I might just have to turn the channel for a second and let them yeah. regroup. And so by the time I came back, almost immediately, Dame hit that that three that kind of, I think it put him up um, one. Yeah. I believe at that point. Yep, yep. Like, the logo okay, three. Yep. Okay, here we go. Here, here, here come the Blazers. They're about to do this. And then that damn Karis LeVert just kept answering and kept answering. One thing we do have to do, though, mm. and it's important that we do, is we got to give C.J. McCollum uh, a huge pat on the back. Yeah. You know, the night before we hear C.J. has been playing with a fractured back. Like, yeah. Word? Which sounds awful. Like, to me, when I hear fractured back. Actually, let me say this. When I hear anything, any word, like any noun, like in front of the word back, I always think like, oh, that dude's done. Oh, that's it's. Yeah. Like you're like, clean it up, dude. You're done. Not happening. Have you ever had a back spasm? I've had a couple back spasms back when I was playing and those things are incredibly painful. uh, It's the, it's the worst pain that I've, one of the worst pains I've ever felt. And when I heard that, when it was like, oh yeah, it's a fractured back. I was like, oh, he's done for the entire. No, he's like. Running around hitting clutch jumpers. Man, C.J. McCollum uh, during the game uh, against the Nets, 25 points. I uh, just had it. Hold on. Computer kind of went off. Whatever. Well, not only that, but it just it, it was that it was that score at the end, which ended up kind of being moot because then Chris Levert. Oh, our, the, our the pull up. Karis Levert. Yeah. Karis Levert almost ended our effing season, but the pull-up jumper that he did when he was in isolation at the top of the key, that thing, I was like, okay, dude. That's ballsy. I, I honestly think it's time CJ gets his flowers because for a mm. long time, he's kind of been the, the the whipping boy for the Blazers. Like, if there's something that goes wrong, it's typically because CJ didn't do his part. Yeah. Dame was there, but where was CJ? It's like sometimes it's it's really hard to be number two and to, to be the guy that you know. You, if Dame has a bad game, you're supposed to pick it up. If Dame has a good game, you still have to pick it up because if you don't, then you don't win. Like, you're really in a no-win situation all the way across unless you just go out there and do your thing. And C.J. McCollum, during the playoffs, or during during games leading to the playoffs, man, through his career, he's been great. You pointed last year during the playoffs, and especially during that uh, that Denver series, man, it was C.J.'s big buckets down the stretch that mm. yeah. put the Blazers over the top. And Karis LeVert doesn't come down and get that incredible and-one finish to put him on the line. That bucket by C.J. might finish the game. Yeah. That's it. And that's what you're thinking about is the fact that C.J. McCollum has done it again. Like, we give Dame a lot of credit for being clutch in the end, and he is. But CJ's hit a lot of those big buckets, too, and we don't really, we be it they don't look as good or whatever the case is, but we don't really talk about CJ a, a whole, whole lot, and I think we probably should. I think the whole issue with CJ, and it, it really comes down to money, and I think it always comes down to this with all the Blazers 
that fans it's not so much that we dislike, but that we get frustrated with, whether yes. it was Evan Turner, uh, Rodney Hood at a certain point, uh, CJ McCollum, Myers Leonard, Joel Prisbella. I do remember back uh, back when uh, he got paid just a smidge and people were disappointed. We don't like the idea that we don't get a return on our investment with players. Like, we get super pissed about that. And I don't know if that's, like, a thing with other fan bases in the NBA because I don't really – read too many other beat writers from other, um, you know, from other I'm sure markets. they feel that way in Charlotte and stuff. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I, I'm sure, like, in Brooklyn with the Nets, right, I'm sure they're kind of pissed that, like, their first year of KD was not a year of KD. It was just KD tweeting stupid crap and Kyrie being annoying. Well, I'm sure you saw KD's, I don't call it a stupid tweet, but cryptic is what they're calling it. No, man, it was yesterday. stupid. Yeah, you can so call it stupid. The, the Nets lose, which is obviously the team Kevin Durant will be playing for, hasn't played for him yet. Nets lose, and KD tweets out a picture uh, of him hanging from the rim and and smiling. Basically says tough or something like that. That's tough. <laughs> and I'm like, that's. it sounds like you're kind of taking a shot at your team. Like, I mean, if- P.S., like, how did they get that all into one frame? Because if that dude's hanging on the rim, like, he's got some wingspan. Oh, man, Kevin Durant is a Like, a I think bigger than a pelican. A freak of nature. You know what? We're gonna we we got a lot of Blazer talk today, but when we come back, I want to pose a question to all of you out there, man. Make sure you get it us on the text line five zero three two five zero ten eighty, and uh, we're gonna discuss something. Is Kevin Durant? Who do you know that Kevin Durant is their favorite player? I got another question too that we put out on the poll that we'll have to circle back around to. Absolutely, we man. got we got a lot of questions. We got a lot of questions. And we got <laughs> a lot of time right here. Sit on the Saint ten eighty the fan. Nine seventeen. Right here on 1080 The Fan. Not sure who this is, Will. Who is this? Uh, it says T-Rex. Oh, yeah, I got all their stuff. Oh, you do? No. I love their first album. Oh, I, yeah, it's classic. You know what I mean? Slaps. I, I remember I bought that CD. Uh, it says CD, right? Yeah. Or their MP3s Or now. cassette tape. Yeah. Yeah, I bought that. You know, vibed out to it a few times have you ever bought a cassette tape in your life ever I'm 37 years old i've bought many cassette tapes really in my life yes sir dude i think okay so you and i are then like a what uh five-year age gap mm-hmm. so then i guess that does make sense because i never even though i was aware of cassette tapes and i fully could have bought one by my age i just never did oh yeah i skipped it and went right to cd the first cassette tape i ever bought was a uh, digital underground and um oh that's a good one yeah so uh the song kiss me back was a a huge huge record and so i bought that tape and then i think the last tape i ever bought was was, uh i think it was salt and pepper shoop oh it was a single it was a single it was like dude you bought a cassette tape single you could could go to the like this one you can go to fred meyer or sam goody or wherever you went and you can get like Cassettes for like two ninety nine, and there's usually it's a it's a single, and then it's usually a remix on the other side. And so yeah, but I've bought plenty of tapes. I've made lots of tapes by pressing the record and play button at the same time from the radio and all type of stuff. I, my mixtape game was pretty legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't buy this one. It was shoot. But this is a good song by Salt and Pepper, nonetheless. This is the only Salt and Pepper song we had. Yeah. Is it really? That's all I see. I also see Push It. 
I guess okay. I could have played Push It. Push It is a Push It's a good record. But dude, when you hear this song, this is it, 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 this is every woman's like you know if they have a good boyfriend or good this is their yeah this is their absolutely their theme song. It's the dream you know, song or you know, the dream man song. Absolutely, yeah. and if you don't have a man, then your song is No Scrubs by TLC. That's typically the uh, the other one. That's the antithesis of this song is No Scrubs yeah. by TLC. So no, I mean it's you know the ladies we're thinking about you. We're playing. We're gonna play some Salt and Pepper on the show. Matter of fact, during the next rejoin, we might play. Some you want push salt it? And pepper. I'll play push it. Man, I think we should play push it. I think we should play push it. You know who else is maybe pushing it a little bit? And that's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is uh, number thirty-five, the Slim Reaper, the you know Durantula, whatever you want to call him. KD at a point was a like a beloved NBA player. I couldn't find anybody that would say a bad word about Kevin Durant. And over the, like the past, I don't want to say like four or five years, he's just kind of become a. I don't want to say I don't I don't know him personally. You know what I'm saying? But I what I will say is he he kind of he's a little bitch. Like a you can just kid. say it. yeah. I he's don't a want to say that, but it's just the, that's the that's the way he'll act from from time to time. And yeah. I, I was kind of thinking like as great as KD is, and really when I say great, I mean KD is not. Don't hate on the person, but the player is all time great. Like he's damn near seven feet tall. He can shoot like. One, like one of the best ever. He can dribble past you. He can dunk on you. He can defend you. Like Kevin Durant is a complete basketball player. That said, I don't think I've ever been. I work with a lot of kids. It should be noted. I work in high schools and worked in high schools for about the past, you know, uh, 15 years or so. Mm. I don't, I've never met a kid that was like, yes, Kevin Durant's my favorite player. It's one of those things. I've never met an adult that was like, oh, yeah, I follow every. We know adults that religiously follow LeBron no matter where he goes. You know, from Cleveland to L.A., everywhere. I've got the jersey. No problem. LeBron's my guy. I've never met a person. As long as we've been – I've been doing sports radio. As long as I've never met a person that was like, yes, Kevin Durant is my favorite player. Yeah. Kevin Durant is my guy. There are certain dudes that, like, as NBA players, fans will follow. Like, LeBron James is a perfect example of that. Uh, you know, people just kind of followed him wherever. Carmelo Anthony is a perfect example of that. Um, you know, Kobe Bryant is a good example of that, even though he never went anywhere. Like, I knew a lot of people who were Kobe fans but hated the Lakers. Absolutely. And I think the reason being is that all those guys that I just named, there's something that they have in common, which is this competitive spirit that is all their own. And that nobody could really, like, you know nobody could create like a chink in that armor. You know what I mean? Like it was always just so powerful that you knew who Kobe was. You knew who LeBron James was, right? Kevin Durant is so frigging transparent in his insecurity. Oh my God. Like how can you as an adult man root for that guy? If you don't love the team associated with him, it's- I'm not going to lie, dude. If we got Kevin Durant through some cosmic, like, uh, you know, payroll thing who who the hell knows how we would get i would totally be like kind of on the kd train like i wouldn't be like getting stoked on him but i would also be cheering if he like hit some shots like he's one of those guys if, if you heard tomorrow that the blazers traded for kevin durant yeah you'd be juiced like he, he helps you win like especially if they things. traded hazonia for him oh my gosh man i mean listen which mario, would be sweet mario we know you're trying okay <laughs> like we know you're doing the best you can question mark but we're gonna need more yeah and it's just one of those things okay back to kd so he's 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 one of those guys like if you look at all the little weirdo instances he's had 
it's like it's enough, like you said, to make you not want to root for them. It's the burner account thing, you know what I'm saying, talking bad about your old team. It's getting into it with a 13-year-old on Twitter, going back and forth with them. It's uh, it's getting into it's going to going to the Warriors. You know, instead of any other team you went to, Kevin Durant makes the Western Conference or Eastern Conference that much more watchable all of a sudden. You know, but you went to the one team that really didn't need your help. And that was the part that was like, I think for a lot of people, that was like, yeah, that was a that was a that was a B word move, bro. You oh, that was that. it because of the fact too that, dude, you were there, you were up three two. You were there. You're right there. You were right there. You had a good roster. You had a that three one, or yeah, they better be yeah. up three one. Yeah. yeah, you were up three one. You had a good supporting roster. You had a future Hall of Famer running mate with you. Like a dude that like you had finally melded into like a good team framework since James Harden had left. Like when James Harden left, that team was kind of like hobbling a bit because not only because they got injured, you saw a lot, how good Harden was on so many levels. Yeah, when he left. Yeah, but then they finally kind of figured it out. We're like, okay, this is who we are, and I think this is the best run that we're gonna have. But dude, you couldn't get it done against them, and no. we all knew you were even better than them at that point in time. But you couldn't do it, and instead of reloading the next season and like convincing Sam Pressy and like general management and owners to like go out, spend money possibly because you're going to have like an incredibly large amount of endorsement deals where you're going to make money, take a paycheck cut and get people to your small market and win a title. You're like, nah, no, I'm just going to go to a massive market. I'm going to go to play for golden state. Like what? The the team that embarrassed me just won 79 games. It was like, it's, it was, it was one of those things, man. It was, it was, that was heart. That was heartbreaking, and I wasn't even an OKC fan. I was like, bro, you just you literally screwed the entire NBA. Like for three straight years, all we saw was, man, the Warriors just really running rough shot over whomever they wanted to. And, and mind you, a team that had already won seventy three games at mm. one point, they came back and looked better because they had Kevin Durant, and it just wasn't even competitive anymore. Like I look at the two rings KD got, and I look at the one that Dirk has, and I said, yeah, that one, oh, that, yeah. that one Dirk has, that's yours. That means. Yeah. A lot. I look at the one Kyle Lowry has and says, yeah, bro, that that's that's an important ring for you, man. KDs almost feel like cheating. You know, oh, it's like, for uh, sure cheating. You know, so it's one of those things. We got a, a text here on the, on the text line that said, how dare you dog the Orlando lottery pick that is Mario. <laughs> man, listen, we thought Mario, Mario Hazonia was going to be so good. Well, there are a lot of people whoa, whoa, that whoa. thought he coming coming See, in. I thought Hazonia was going to be good. And so you're all couple, on so good. One of his first couple games, he he was. I remember he was killing. I was like, ooh, this kid's going to be nice. And he just never really panned out. And, you know, we, we I mean, we're still hoping to see it. But we also have to remember Mario Zonia is playing because there is no Rodney Hood. Uh, if Rodney Hood is yeah. playing, then we're not seeing Mario on the floor like that. Unfortunately, not having guys like Trevor Ariza and uh, Rodney Hood around, you're going to have to go with whomever is next. Unfortunately for the Blazers now, it's Hazonia. However, Hazonia has played well at, in spots during the bubble. Not it's okay, dude. You don't have to be this nice. Not the whole time, but he's played well in <laughs> spots. Like so, I think the the first game they actually, um, well, the second game they won. Like he was, you know, like sixteen or something like that. So it was like he's not terrible, but he's just not great. He's he's the new Aminu. So referencing our uh, question for the first segment on the text line five zero three two five zero ten eighty, I asked, "What is the one word you were screaming in the fourth quarter?" Tanner had said "rebound," which I was going to say that's what I was screaming. Oh my gosh. Also, somebody, this wasn't one word, but uh, this is just a great statement. Get effing Hazonia out of the effing game. <laughs> yeah. 
That's that's the, yeah. that's the pretty much the sentiment. And really, it's one of those things. Even when Anthony Simons comes in, sometime it's like, bro, get him out of the game. Like he's he's oh he's yeah, not, dude, that he's shot not that he's air not ball he had. Yes, he's yeah. not ready sometime. And we want Simons to be to the point to where. I guess we want him to be where we think Neil Olshay says he is. You know, Neil mm. Olshay says that he was ready last year. Well, this is what I keep saying. This is a brand new year. You know, this is a whole new basketball season. It's been four months since the last time we saw NBA basketball or any other sport. That's a whole off season. So is anybody really shocked that teams are doing what they do or playing how they play or that the Phoenix Suns can start 8-0, you know, for the – no. Okay, I was shocked by that, though, for real. Were you really? Uh, yeah, kind how of. How many teams – how many teams, excuse me, how many times have we seen a team come to the season and start super hot, won 11 of their first 12 games or won 12 of their first 16 and then tank from there? Because during – you know, if the, if the season was 36 games like college, 38 games like college, yeah, that little 12 games will be good. But, man, eight games, it, 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 you know – like we can seriously, this is this format is the perfect format for a team like the Blazers, you know, because now all you have to do is be the first team the twenty four wins. I don't know if you were watching much of Inside the NBA, uh, but it was very interesting because Shaq was uh, comparing uh, a lot of what's going on with um, AAU basketball, and he was saying that like teams like the Suns or teams like the Pelicans or, you know, just ones that have been doing well. I mean, the Nets, who I think had only lost uh, three games. Mm-hmm. Um, they benefit from this AAU style of basketball where there's, like, no time in between to think or to game plan for the most part about what you're going to do. That mm-hmm. For the most part, a lot of it is about, like, rhythm and flow and about how, you know, you can take energy from one game and just use it as momentum for the next game. And, like... And like that's how the Suns did it in that like they were set up playing some competitive opponents at the very beginning and just kind of kept riding off of that. And I would agree with that with that sentiment in the same way that the Blazers, the first game they had, which is ending up being the last game in their regular season bubble uh, with Memphis, was the overtime thriller. Yeah. And if you think about it, dude, like that set the stage for every single Blazers game after that. Every Blazers game in the bubble has been friggin' nail-biting and constipating. Yeah. Like, I've yeah. been stressed AF. No, it's it's been, it's all the games, and that's, we'll talk about that uh, when we talk about the Blazers' actual playing game uh, coming up next, but uh, yeah. all the games have been really close, too close for comfort. Yeah. Um, the, the, the last game that they won, I'm, and I'm, I'm spacing right now, uh, uh, prior Mavs. to Brooklyn, uh, yeah. the Nets, uh, prior Mavs, to Brooklyn, Mavs. Uh, Mavs. Yeah. That was a three-point win. Yeah. And so and it came down to the last second as well. So that's not going to be a recipe for success if that's no. how you want to play defense oh, dude. moving. Believe, believe you me, I have no thoughts that like we're going to actually surprise the Lakers. Really? No. Okay. Come on. Well, I'm hey. not saying we'll get swept, but. Well, hey, well, we're finding out Will has no team spirit. That's good. <laughs> no team spirit. Okay, we got a break because we don't want to be against the clock. But uh, coming up next, uh, Blazers playing game, 1.30 p.m., on ABC. Mm. That's next, but first, Will S. Sports. I always forget how much I love this song when I hear it. The song is suggestive. I like it. You know, they're not, <laughs> they're not necessarily saying what they're saying, push it, but I think we all know, you know, what, what they're talking right. about. Yeah. That's right. Listen, push listen, listen, push listen, your listen athletic limits. Yeah, that's really suggestive, you know what I mean? But I guess, you know, that's nothing. It's funny, like, music back then, 
you know, was was so like, oh my gosh, they can't say things like this. Now, man, they're making songs called WAP and about WAP, which I won't tell everybody what it means. But if you're if you're curious, just Google it. WAP, just see what it means. Dude, That's that video the, is the closest thing to porn I've ever seen for well, a music you, video. You've clearly never seen the Nelly Tip Drill video, then. Okay, Tip Drill is pretty bad too. Yeah, okay. So is uh, Christina Aguilar dirty? Dirty Dude, that was thing a was weird nasty. video. Like, yeah, she she changed her whole. She got all the way away from that uh, girl next door kind of thing to do to do dirty. That was explicit. A lot of crotch that. shots. Yeah, a whole whole bunch of them. So, but yeah, if you haven't seen Nelly's tip drill video from about 2001, 2002, uh, I strongly advise you to go ahead and and go look at that, man. Make sure your wife's not around. Make sure your wife's not around. But I mean, or your husband, she, or if she's into it, like I mean, maybe she'll want to watch it with you. You know, who knows? We'll see. We'll see. You're so, being hopeful, Rashad. No, and also a point of information. So, text police are, are killing me. The game's at 11:30, not 1:30. Please hmm. forgive me for saying. Uh, 1.30, but yes, don't miss the Blazer game. Starts at 11.30 on ABC, Blazers versus Grizzlies for the play-in game. So we got a, uh, we got this, uh, we got this here Twitter poll here. Let's hear it. That I think is something important to talk about. And if you, if you answer real knee-jerk on this, you're not really taking the full question in because it, you you kind of inspired this question for me uh when we were talking before the show so at center saint 1080 on twitter uh go ahead and vote the question damian lillard is the blank blazer of all time options greatest right most exciting greatest scoring most likable uh so this came about because uh, I listened to uh, our guys, one of the homies on uh, 1080 The Fan, Dirt and Sprague, the other day, and they had a conversation about Damian Lillard being the greatest trailblazer of all time. And I think about that because I'm not for sure I agree. So you can take the greatest for me off the board. Okay. Like that's that. That's just unfortunately, um, I remember a dude, and I'm old enough to remember a guy named Clyde Drexler, who was really, really, really good. Went to the finals two out of three years. Was an eight-time All-Star when he was here. Second in MVP voting uh, the 90-91 season. Um, Clyde Drexler was the, a, a leader's leader. I actually watched the 92 All-Star game the other day, and he had a bunch of plays in there. I was like, ooh, that was a good pass. Or that was, that was a good rebound. Or that was a good shot. You know, mm -hmm. like Clyde Drexler was the ultimate all-around player, and I think it's unfortunate for him that he happened to play in the same era and at the same position as Michael Jordan. Because if he doesn't, if Michael Jordan's not there, then there's a good chance Clyde Drexler has a couple rings. Probably you know, four. Probably, probably has a couple. I think he wins it twice with Portland, and he probably leaves early for Houston two more. We often give Michael Jordan a lot of credit for guys not getting their rings. Right? Uh, uh, Malone doesn't have a ring because of Jordan. That's the, that's the story. Uh, Peyton doesn't have a ring because of Jordan. Barkley doesn't have a ring because of Jordan. Well, point of information, another one. Do you know Clyde Drexler was eliminating Patrick, or excuse me, eliminating uh, the mailman from the playoffs like almost every year? That was just, that was, they Utah didn't have an answer for the Blazers and Clyde Drexler. They just didn't. And the mailman, who's second all-time in NBA scoring, will, will probably be passed here by LeBron uh, not too far away. But the mailman couldn't do anything with the Blazers. Mm. Now, mind you, Dame has taken some teams out of the playoffs in some pretty dramatic fashion, but... 
I mean, that that dude Drexler was special. So I'm gonna take the greatest off the off the table for me because I think Clyde Drexler is the greatest Blazer of all time. Uh, and the the uh, the poll itself is uh, anointing Damian Lillard the greatest Blazer of all time, and I kind of expected that that would be in fact the answer. But the reason that I put the other options up there was because I think that there's something to be said about why we interpret. Damian Lillard as the greatest blazer of all time, because you've totally laid out a very good argument for the fact that you could, you could give Clyde Drexler that over him any day of the week. If you just look at the accolades and the stats yeah, um, and the stats being um, how they call it in movies. Uh, what is that? Uh, uh, shifted for inflation or something. Sure. We'll go with it. Yeah. Uh, like, I remember back when Brandon Roy was blowing up in the mid 2000s and when he got to his peak around like 08, 09. And I remember that it was really cool because you had this whole narrative of the jailblazers and it was five bucks for tickets in the 300 section. Moved down to the 200 because nobody was there. Yeah, dude. Like it was getting bad. And so Brandon Roy provided this type of bridge player to a next generation of fans who like actually took pride in the blazers again. Um, with Damian Lillard, he has that same type of attitude where it's like he's actually put us on the national map as somebody to recognize. Yes. And I think when you add that, at least right now, I have to either vote two ways, saying it's he's the most exciting Blazer of all time or he's the most likable Blazer of all time. I go either, uh, either of those two options right now. I just hold off calling him the greatest blazer of all time because the career hasn't ended yet. And I, I think the reason a lot of people don't call Clyde the greatest blazer of all time is because they're uh, bitter Bettys or bitter Bens um, that he left for Houston before. Oh, yeah. But again, yeah. that was that was one of the situations much like Dame will probably find himself in yes. if he doesn't win. Like and dude, Clyde I, got to I, a point, I will totally not be pissed yeah, if he leaves. Clyde got to a point to where he'd been here for so long. The team, it started to kind of fall apart. Guys mm. were getting older, and they just weren't the same anymore. The magic was gone. And so let's reward Clyde by sending him back to where he went to college and where he found college success and to play with his. That was cool. That was something, as a Blazer fan, none of us were upset about seeing Clyde Drexler win. And if you were, then I don't I don't know many people that were upset about seeing Clyde go win his ring somewhere else. Like, I've gotten something on the text line before, I remember, because Luke and I have talked about this a lot about, you know, uh, in the past couple of years, just because, you know, Damian Lillard has kind of established himself as our player of this last decade, right? Like, Damian Lillard was the best blazer of the last decade, obviously. Yes, of course. And so, you know, when you take a whole decade of work, that's something else to think about. Like, this dude has established a body of work in an entire decade. Um, you know, I think he came into the league a little bit after that. It was maybe 2012, but it's like he took so much time to establish a brand here and really mix what he does with what the city represents. Oh man. Damian Lillard came in immediately and was a superstar with Brandon Roy. It was a slow build. Remember yeah. the Blazers drafted Randy Foy and then traded for Brandon Roy. They tra- they drafted Tyrus Thomas. Remember this? And then traded for Lamarcus Aldridge in the same night. You know and then I mean? we so, tried to get Tyrus Thomas back. We tried to get him back. Like <laughs> it was, it was one of those things. And and from there, Brandon Roy had to have a slow build. He won Rookie of the Year. It was pretty convincing from there. The next year it was like, uh, he's a borderline All Star, but he ended up making it. You know, and it was kind of yeah, one yeah. of those things. He showed how good he was. And you're right. Brandon Roy completely changed the fortunes of the Blazers because 
they were the jailblazers. They weren't a cool they, – they, they were a team that got talked about all the time. They were a team that you knew you were going to get a big win on when you came in there. I remember coming to the Rose Garden at that point and buying those $12 tickets. And me and my man Chris going, bro, we might as well just go sit down there. Like, there's nobody, <laughs> nobody's coming. Like, you know, the, the, they didn't stop us. We just went and sat there because you could do that at that point. Here comes Brandon Roy and changes all that stuff. I think Damian Lillard came in and instantly made himself a star. Like, remember, we forget Four Bar Friday, which is something I think he started his either uh, first or, or second year in the yeah. league where he was just dropping four bars of raps on Twitter and then everybody else from football, basketball, baseball, across, the, across sports started doing some of those same things. That was something he started. As a rapper, Dame is not the a rapper, you know, slash basketball player, a basketball player that wants to rap. Like, he's he's dope. He's like, not he, Shaq. No, he's not. He's yeah. not Shaq. And Shaq, we're not going to say that because Shaq was, Shaq, in my opinion, is the greatest superstar that the NBA has ever had. Like, Shaq, mm. no, I mean, listen, Shaq had, a, when I was a kid, Shaq had a shoe. Shaq had a video game. Shaq had an album that went platinum that had Biggie on it. Shaq was the best player in basketball. Like, he was everywhere. Like, he could he could do everything. And then even into the later parts of his career, like, there's not a the more, there's not a more recognizable sports star. My son has never seen Shaquille O'Neal play and knows that that's Shaq. Oh, yeah, dude. I was going to send you that clip on Twitter. Yeah. There's this one clip that people were eviscerating all these other uh, Twitter bros who were saying, like, Oh, Draymond Green, I think, like, is good enough that he could take on Shaq no, one-on-one. No, he couldn't. Draymond Green would, man, that's that's eggs and bacon for Shaq. Now Dude, there's this clip of Shaq backing down David Robinson like he's a child. Like, do, literally do we, just butting into him and dunking. Do remember what Shaq did to, to uh, Chris Dudley? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, Draymond Green is much smaller than Chris Dudley. We got a couple of texts here on the text line. Dame maxes his talent better than Clyde. Uh, Clyde was lazy. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if Clyde was lazy because... Uh, or the fact that he just had, I'm not going to say a little more help, but some of the guys that, some of those little junkyard dogs that Clyde had, you know, he could take some time off. But also, Clyde was a good defender, wouldn't mind uh, defending yeah. people. You know, like Clyde Drexler was was a much better, and I think time has kind of made us forget, you know, how good he was. Time's also made us forget how good somebody like Charles Barkley really, really was. Like, we see him on TV and think, oh, how does big, brown, fat guy say anything? We forget, like, Charles Barkley was super good i feel uh, like teenagers now are so much more jaded about the past nba than we were oh man because they don't know they yeah they, they, they have no idea how good some of these like they'll even watch friggin larry bird and they'll be like oh, i don't get it I'm like dude because yeah, larry friggin bird yeah, they they don't they don't understand but and that's why i'm glad the guys like um um geez i forget his name from espn chris something dan patrick uh, no uh uh, but either way, there's guys that are really starting to kind of sh- uh, shed light on how good some of these older players was. Yeah. The Isaiah Thomas, the Isaiah Thomases of the world, the Shaquille O'Neal's, uh, the Moses Malone's of the world, which people kind of forget about. So uh, we're against the clock, so uh, we're going to break. But when we come back, it's a uh, good versus evil, yeah? That's right, man. Good I think this is evil. your second good versus this is evil. my second good versus evil. Let's see, how you, uh, let's see how you do of the onslaught of sound and ridiculous names. I'm ready for sound and ridiculous names. That's next right here on The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the, What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Let the sinner and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. This is a serious problem. OKC already beat Houston 
two out of three games in the regular season. That was with Harden and Westbrook playing. Nick mentioned that OKC is the guards to go small ball. They also can expose Houston with the big Steven, Ad Steven Adams. And their small ball lineup, in addition to the problems they create offensively, defensively, they're built to trap James Harden at half court and force the ball out of his hands. That was a guy who's always first in line for the Men's Warehouse Memorial Day sale, Chris Burchard. There was a blow to the Rockets' playoff prospects in the NBA bubble this week as the Houston Chronicle reports Russell Westbrook's going to miss at least a, the first few games of next week's playoff series against the Thunder. Maybe more time with a strained quad. Westbrook's averaging 27-8-7 this season. Can Houston beat OKC without Westbrook? Uh, yes, they can. Um, I think the reason Houston can is because Westbrook is kind of a – He's a black hole, you know, in a, in a lot of ways. Like, so he'll pass up uh, somebody with a, a great open shot so he can take one of those flat jumpers that he takes on his own. Um, so I think give James Harden the opportunity to kind of move on his own and do his own thing. I think he'd be good. Remember when Chris Paul got hurt in the playoffs, James Harden came back the next game and was much better without another point guard on the floor to really take the ball away from him and doing what he does. Uh, I think James Harden is the most elite scorer in this league. Nobody does it better from any part on the floor and so just let him do his thing on his own and give him an opportunity to do his thing with his own squad because mind you sans westbrook this is the same uh uh houston squad that you've had before they've shown they can at least make it deep into the playoffs which they did last year man i think they've got a good chance to beat uh, but that damn chris paul is so good and he's the best leader in the nba man barring no he one. can make that team good barring no one absolutely first of all who are you to decide what is significant to one person the other. You don't know. You don't know who that person is. I mean, you don't know what matters to them. I think that you could limit it to one person, but that one person, it you know, they should decide who is of significance to them. You don't get to determine that. You could have met somebody a month ago that means more to you than somebody you've known for years. That's renowned loud guy Stephen A. Smith. The NBA's success inside the Orlando bubble raises the question of whether the league will repeat this same process for an entire season. Play will resume in two months after this season ends. The Athletic is also reporting league officials are discussing four different bubbles that would be located in Orlando, Las Vegas, Dallas, and New York. Does that sound feasible at all to you? Yes. Uh, I think we've seen the... Uh, the success that they can have, you know, in the bubble. We see the way the fact that they can control or at least, you know, kind of uh, isolate the uh, COVID-19 virus and make sure that everybody stays safe. Uh, we're seeing the issues with baseball right now, the fact they have to travel around and nobody is really safe and all these things. I think the NBA has given the, the, the best overall example of how this can work and how teams can share the floor and how teams can share space and things like that. So I think the idea of a bubble, especially with that many teams in four different spots across the country, depending on regionally where your team could be, I think that's a great idea. And I think it really, the whole point is to make sure that you can you know, limit sickness and, and limit the number of people that kind of get it. And if you need an example, just look at what the NBA has done so, so far. They've done it the absolute right way. Let's, let's face it, uh, today's world has brought us a lot of challenges. So any way that you could figure it out and work through it, I think you can. Uh, I would be in that camp uh, that, hey, you could, you could play in the, in the early spring, even the late winter, early spring. You, you don't do spring ball. You have a later uh, spring, summer leading into the fall. I think you can do it. 
That's a guy who got super complacent super early on in his career, Bob Stoops. The Big 12 has officially announced that they're going to play football this fall. As the coronavirus pandemic continues to infect the country, of course, this is in complete contrast with what the Big, or I'm sorry, the Big 10 and the Pac-12 have done in the past couple of weeks. Schools will start conference play on September 26th with a single non-conference game a week or two prior. How long before one of these players tests positive? Oh, matter of if they're starting in, in the fall or, or yeah. the matter of weeks, matter of month, a matter of days. You know, yeah, just, I would say matter it's, of days. It's, when you have that many people and that many, and especially in football, it's really hard to socially distance yourself as, a, as an offensive lineman, as a receiver's corners. Maybe suddenly they'll be fine because they already play that far away from each other. But offensive linemen and things like that, defensive linemen going through drills, going through all these different contact things, man, it can be a problem. I think it's a matter of days before somebody comes back with uh, being tested for positive, testing positive for uh, COVID. Yeah, I mean, didn't one of those dudes at Oklahoma State already test positive because he went to a protest? Yep. Yep. Just wear your mask, man. Just put a mask on, like, you know, uh, do social distancing. Like, it's really not that hard, man. Just be smart. All right, time for my favorite story of the week. And, uh, Rashad, this is usually where we take a strange bit of news that's happened. Let's hear it. Outside of the sports world and uh, try to make sense of everything as best we can. This story comes from South Dakota. The headline, Bison Attacks Woman in Custer State Park Wednesday. Oh. An adult bison charged a motorcycle passenger after approaching a calf Wednesday. It's happened near the mile marker 40 on Iron Mountain Road. This is now part of a large motorcycle convention called Sturgis, okay, uh, where absolutely. a bunch of fat people get together and get on <laughs> motorcycles. And, yeah, that's right. Uh, and if you're curious, you should go online and uh, look at the video because it is awesome. And I now love this bison because the woman, uh, having absolutely no self-awareness, just decides to get really close to a bison and uh, try to either pet it or just kind of get near. And uh, the bison locks its horn through the woman's jeans and then just drags her around. She loses her pants. That's all. I'm That's glad that that's all she lost. <laughs> she could have lost her life messing with this bison. Man, listen, bison's, I'm, I'm looking right now, man, uh, 9.3 feet long as an adult and 2,200 pounds. Like, are you serious, man? Like, there's that's a that's a that's a monster coming for you and dragging you around, and it has sharp horns and stuff. That obviously this lady just got jerked all around and clearly lost her pants and everything. Man, listen, you better be glad that's all you lost. Stop trying to pet wild animals. I don't understand this. I, I was I'm, about to say that too. I don't get the whole idea of people like want like I get like wanting to see wild animals in the wild. That's pretty cool. But like getting out of your car too or close, close? close like i don't understand yeah. i don't understand what this like thrill seeking kind of mentality is like oh i'm gonna go up and i'm gonna i'm gonna go slap the bull on his ass like why would you do that like for what <laughs> i don't understand like i'm 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 i've never been that bored to where i want to be maimed by any type of animal and a bison an alligator a rhino a, a, a hippo like i don't want any parts of any of these animals like i just i'm sorry maybe some fish you know, I'll go one-on-one with, like, a piranha. Just oh, because, dude, you're not going one-on-one well, with piranhas a piranha. Well, piranhas are, they're only eating, like, you know, not, like, dead skin or dead, you know, things or whatever. So as long as you're not dead, you shouldn't be attacked by piranhas, right? Dude, see, I am a little... As long as you don't have little, any, like, open cuts or sores, you should I'm be. a little more afraid 
of vicious small things than I am vicious huge things. So you'd rather be attacked by uh, like a shark I'd, than piranha? No, I would rather be attacked by a bear than a snake. Oh, my gosh. Well, cause you can, oh, yes, you might dude. Because you might not see this. You can't see the snake coming in some cases, but a, a bear, like, I'll take my chances with a snake. Like, that bear. Dude, that, I think I'd have a better chance against a bear than I would a snake. I, a snake is going to screw me up. You like, have an incredible amount of confidence in yourself. Like, what kind of, <laughs> are we talking, like, boo-boo? Like, are you talking, like, Yogi or Smokey? Like, yes, you have a chance with those bears. But if you catch an actual, have you seen the Revenant? Have yeah, I have. Yeah. yeah, you want no parts of a bear. Yeah. But I don't <laughs> no want parts any parts of, of Okay, here's what it comes down to. Do you want to be mauled to death or eaten alive? I'll, I'll take, uh, Dude, see, that's what I'm saying. I don't want to be eaten alive. That would be a horrific way of dying. Now, given being mauled by a bear would also be equally horrific, it's just like... Mauled would be much scarier. Yeah, mauled would be scarier, and I feel like once that paw, like, hits you twice in the head, you're probably knocked out, uh, well, and then he probably just eats you or something. You but the hope. snake, like, the snake's going to bite you and then constrict you and then, like, ingest you. And the whole time you're going down that snake's stomach and then getting crapped out, it's going to hurt. I never thought of it like that before. You're giving me something. I know, right? Very new to think about. <laughs> a very, very, very vivid uh, description. Um, <laughs> coming up next, man, we will finally talk about this play-in game, which happens at 11.30 a.m. on ABC. Blazers, Grizzlies. Blazers only need one. Will they get it? We'll talk about that next right here. Center on the Saint on the fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.